0: everyone my name is sarosh and this is dear body i post here on a weekly basis on topics concerning our bodies because this is your safe space in today's episode we are going to be looking at the ongoing human rights violation in afghanistan ever since the taliban took over in 2021 women are being deprived of their basic right to receive education or continue working in a professional space it is very important that we look into how the afghan women are fighting for basic human rights in a country ruled by those who limit their opportunity to economically stabilize the country. Their mobility is being measured by the Taliban, who are deciding for the Afghan women, increasing gender inequality in the process. Before we begin, please do not forget to follow me for an update on more episodes. The students of the Kaj Educational Centre became the target of a suicide bombing on September 30, 2022, leaving 53 dead and dozens wounded. It has been stated by the students who survived the attack that the suicide bomber was found near the girls' section of the examination hall. This learning centre is situated in the Daste Barchi district in western Kabul, Afghanistan. It is home to Hazaras an ethnic group, a majority in Afghanistan and a minority in neighbouring Pakistan. In 2021, a similar attack targeted Hazara students in Kabul, an area comprising mainly of the Hazara community. On October 1st, the Hazara women took to the streets, protesting against the violent attack on the Hazara community. According to the reports, the attackers shot the guards to enter the education centre and detonated a bomb in a room with female students seated in the front row. Joined by more than 50 colleagues and students, the young females can be seen holding a placard which said azadi, meaning freedom. The 28-year-old Musavi reportedly took to social media to mobilize the horrific treatment towards the minority community in Afghanistan. With their education being the sole target, Musavi has stood up for the victims of the attack at the Kaj Education Center, stating, enough is enough. Another protester, a 25-year-old, made it clear that the attack was an attempt to silence or dispel a woman's basic right to learn in a classroom. She further added that families hesitate to send their girls to give entrance exams out of fear of these attacks. During these protests, the women chant, bread, work freedom despite the manner in which the taliban have retaliated this includes subjecting them to beatings detentions arrests and abducting the protesters bamyan located in the central highlands of afghanistan became the hub of peaceful protests against the taliban turned into a horrifying ordeal for the afghan citizens mainly females the taliban responded to the peaceful demonstrations by beating the girls and destroying their phones. The Afghan students from Balkh University in Mazar-e-Sharif were locked up inside their campus. This move was carried to stop the students from engaging in protests by blocking exit points from all five directions. However, some students still managed to break themselves free and their classmates to join the protests. The third largest ethnic group in Afghanistan faces recurring events of persecution where the Taliban have been held responsible for these attacks in private centers. Karen Decker, Chartered Affairs at the U.S. Mission to Afghanistan, tweeted, and I quote, targeting a room full of students taking exams is shameful. All students should be able to pursue an education in peace and without fear, end quote. Since the Taliban took over in 2021, Afghanistan has prevailed as a country that discriminates, based on gender. Under Taliban rule, women and girls have been reduced to a role in the public spaces, mainly in education and the workforce. Moreover, reducing female mobility in Afghanistan has destabilized the economy further. Denying females access to secondary education in Afghanistan has cost the Afghan economy almost $500 million. Afghan social activist Farishtar Farooq founded the first coding school for girls in Herat, Afghanistan, called Code to Inspire. The sole aim of this nonprofit is to teach Afghan women on how to become technologically equipped and operate as future entrepreneurs. After the Taliban takeover in 2021, she was instructed to close down her school and switch to online mode of learning. Although 80% of the students managed to take classes remotely, there was a lot of effort involved on Farooq's part to achieve a permit from the Taliban to reopen her school on a conditional basis. Reportedly, it was a tough task in the past year in terms of education and Afghan women. Farooq persevered and managed to get 300 girls to give their entrance exam for her graphic design school. Similar to Farooq, who sought exile in 2021 after the Taliban took over, Maya Faruqi, the former captain of the Afghan girls' robotics team, left Afghanistan in 2021. During the Transforming Education Summit at the UN headquarters in Manhattan, New York, Faruqi expressed her inconsolable grief over the empty classrooms in Afghanistan in comparison to last year. She urged the attendees and to all those watching to show their support to the millions of Afghan girls who unfortunately have had to drop out of school under the Taliban regime. In one of the neighbourhoods of Kabul, Nur Fatima, along with her son, decided to turn their basement into a space for women and teenage girls to receive education. Fatima observed how the exit of the West crippled the economic setup of many families, including hers. Her husband earned a fraction of their wages after the Taliban entered, and the West decided to pursue aid cutbacks. Women were spending time stuck at home, unable to do their government jobs after the Taliban announced to limit an Afghan woman's mobility. Now both Fatima and her son are in the process of renovating their basement to operate it as a vocational center for Afghan female students. Spending money out of their own pocket and collecting donations from Afghan friends and relatives they have been able to begin the renovation process to construct classrooms using dividers. Aged 50, she shared her life in Afghanistan and how it led to her decision of turning her basement into the Harvard of Sare She lived as an Afghan refugee in Iran for 14 years, working as a seamstress. The nature of the job was gruesome, leading her to have knee replacement surgery, depriving her of doing meager tasks. However, she managed to use her inheritance to purchase her home in the Sarekotal region of Kabul. Today, she wishes to provide for children of other families wanting to earn an education and stand on their feet someday. On September 20, 2022, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken officially announced the launch of the Alliance for Afghan Women's Economic Resilience in partnership with Boston University. He added how Afghanistan would save itself from rising poverty if Afghan women resumed their education and public affairs. The Afghan economy would generate $1 billion solely on the basis of women attaining their basic right to be educated and join the workforce. Afghan-born American diplomat working as the US Special Envoy for Afghan Women, Girls and Human Rights, Reena Amiri was credited for advocating for the Afghans who lost access to their right to receive an education or work in a professional space, particularly women. The UN Human Rights Council dove deep into the situation for Afghan women since the Taliban takeover. This dialogue, held on the afternoon of September 12, 2022, attempted to place the focus on Afghan women's voices in the field of journalism and activism. Those who continued their efforts in speaking up for women's rights and the essential freedom to educate and engage in public dealings were given a voice in this discussion. Afghan journalist and women's rights activist Mehbooba Siraj conveyed that the power of social media has conveyed to the world the injustice being committed ever since the international community exited last year. Afghan lawyer Razia Sayed voiced the state of the Afghan women and girls who have been deprived of their rights due to the Taliban's distasteful measures against women. Zehra Joya, an Afghan Hazara journalist and the founder of Ruksana Media, placed special focus on the treatment towards the Hazara community ever since the Taliban regained power in Afghanistan. In December of 2020, Joya founded the Rukhsana Media, a news agency run by a team of female journalists, which report and publish stories on Afghan women and the treatment towards them under Taliban rule. On March 23, 2022, the Taliban took a reverse turn on their plans to resume secondary education for female Afghan students. As a result, the Afghans expressed their concern about the future in terms of violation of basic human rights, making it a threatening place for them to reside in through protests. When the taliban took over in august 2021 they announced closing down of schools for all afghan girls which is a similar situation that occurred when they ruled from 1996 to 2001. within weeks of their arrival in afghanistan the taliban reopened schools for boys but girls were banned from entering their classrooms in the second week of september 2021 news began to circulate on social media and the local news that girls' secondary schools had been reopened in the eastern Paktika province, one of the 34 provinces of Afghanistan. It is further divided into 15 districts, with a population of 7,89,079. According to three residents and three Taliban spokespersons, any decision concerning reopening of schools has not been formally approved. Although the Taliban state they are working to reopen high schools for females, the decision has not been announced officially. One of the students named Muska shared that she became hopeful after the news came floating about the reopening of girls' high school. But they have lost all hope after the Taliban cleared the decision to be under review. Currently, primary schools and universities remain open for Afghan students to study as long as there is gender segregation. When the education minister appointed by the Taliban was inquired about the decision to not allow girls in their late teens to study, their response to Tolo news was, if you go to a mosque and ask the elders about their 16 and 17-year-old girls going to school, I am sure there won't be a need to ask me the question. You will find the answer. We are living in Afghanistan and we know well about Afghan customs. End quote. It is still unsure why the Taliban announced their reversal when it comes to Afghan girls receiving secondary education. On one hand, it is being communicated that the decision was enforced by conservative clerics who ultimately persuaded the Taliban's supreme leader, Haibatullah Khunzada, who is himself a religious cleric. On the other hand, we hear accounts of Taliban families encouraging their daughters to receive an education, mainly abroad. One of the Qatar-based Taliban officials handling office and negotiations has two daughters studying in a Qatari school. Many Taliban officials moved to Qatar and have built a life for themselves in the last decade or so. Another member of the Taliban leadership has a daughter who held a ministerial job and was a member of the Rehbari or Leadership Shura in Quetta. She is pursuing medicine in a Qatari university. The Rehberi Shura is the central governing body of Taliban. Their leadership council is comprised of 30 members which get together to discuss crucial proposals. Two of the members of the Taliban located in the Qatar office were relocated to Kabul. However, they were stuck between wanting to shift their families to Afghanistan because it would disrupt their boys' and girls' schooling. This is a case of the violation of human rights of Afghan women and girls It is their right to receive secondary education and further establish themselves professionally. The Taliban have restricted the role of a woman outside her home, including the necessity to be assisted by a male chaperone whilst travelling. The parks in Kabul have been gender segregated. Not every Afghan woman or girl is leaving her house to sit in a classroom. If we look at the statistics, 60% of the out-of-school children are girls, 28% of Afghan women between the ages 15 to 49 are married off before the age of 18. After refusing a woman's right to work in a professional space, the economic loss has been estimated to be up to US $1 billion, which equates to 5% of the GDP. Depending on the socio-cultural norms of the sector of society, women are encouraged to strictly work in specific fields like the health sector. The Global Women, Peace and Security Index ranked Afghanistan last in 2021. It is an alarming sight for the human rights situation in Afghanistan because a major shift in how the Taliban curate a socially acceptable environment for women has only worsened their economic state. It has excluded Afghanistan from being recognized at a political level. It has developed fear amongst Afghans when it comes to living and thriving in their homeland. Girls feel threatened and hopeless in terms of their future. There is an urgency to register women's rights by talking about the challenges Afghan women face today and every day. Thank you for sticking around. If you have suggestions for future episodes, you can email me or find me on Instagram. Please feel free to share your thoughts on the current situation in Afghanistan and the overall reaction to the restriction of female mobility. I will catch you in another episode. Till then, do not forget to be kind.